Hello, and welcome to The Middle of Medicine, Episode 2. I'm one of your hosts, Peter Jones. And I'm your other host, Aubrey Jones. And today, we're here to again talk about something from medicine. And Aubrey, as we were talking about what we wanted to discuss today, you said you had an idea. Why don't you tell us kind of what prompted this idea, and then let's dive right in. Well, I thought the idea of sort of the power struggles in in between the whole chain of command in medicine would be cool to talk about, especially because I am at the very bottom and you are at the pretty much very top. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because I had an experience the other day where I floated to a different unit um, and that was a funny story in itself, but I floated to a different unit. I was with completely different workers. I didn't know. Um, Mm. and I was on a one-to-one with this little baby and we'll put kids on one-to-ones. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, if little kids are kind of pulling at their tubes and that kind of stuff, just to make sure they're not ripping out anything that needs to stay in. Um, and so, I was watching this little girl. She, I think, was less than a year old, and she had not slept very well that night. So finally, we're at the point where she had finally gone to sleep. It was like two in the afternoon. She was finally asleep. She, again, did not get very much sleep last night. So we were like, okay, we're not bugging her. She is staying asleep. And then the lovely nephrologist oh geez comes up to th- comes right up to the nurse's station i wasn't even in the room because i just wanted her to stay peace and quiet asleep and this lovely nephrologist comes up to me and is like this is my nephrology patient i just need to go in and assess her and i was like oh okay um she's asleep right now she finally got to sleep you know i was trying to be nice um I was like, she's finally asleep. Will you just be, you know, careful when you're in there? And he was like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. And he waltzes right in, starts banging on the machines, and she wakes right up and starts screaming. Of course she does. And I was like, (sighs) I was very angry about that. So that (laughs) prompted me to kind of just think about the power struggles because I was like, I, in the physician's eyes, at least that specific physician, he just kind of waltzed right in disregarded what i'd said because i i'm i'm the lower on the totem pole you know yeah um so (laughs) that was just interesting to me because even though i'm lower like i'm the one with the patient all the time so i know more i don't know the the day-to-day things about the patient right and their sort of routines and what they need in that moment so it was just a frustrating moment for me (laughs) (laughs) it definitely sounds like it Mm -hmm. you know i've i've seen that um probably have done that (laughs) at times um but you know what other things have you seen along those lines in the time that you've been working there at the hospital um just little things like when the physicians round in the mornings especially during like during a day shift or something. Um, And if the nurses have something to kind of put in, or if maybe the doctor got something wrong while they're, you know, because when they're doing rounds, it's like eight of them because it's all like the residents and like the interns and everyone. 
and they all take up the entire hallway and they're just like yapping as loud as possible (laughs) 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 and so you know when the team is rounding everybody knows the team is rounding because they are there and they are present and they are loud and that's okay but um sometimes the nurses will kind of be like oh and actually and just kind of you know, put in something about the patient. And more than one times I've seen like the head attending uh, cut the nurse right off and interrupt them in the middle of their sentence, act like they didn't say anything and just continue with the rounds or whatever. And just that sort of thing that's pretty frustrating to see. And luckily that doesn't really happen with me because I get too scared to talk to them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so it's usually the nurses that that kind of stuff happens to. But it's just interesting because, I don't know, people's egos can just get way too big for their britches. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. But yeah. I, I recall once I was in medical school and I was, a you know, my first clinical year and had come in early in the morning to round on this patient. And I'm walking down the hall towards this patient's room. And Mm -hmm. there's this nurse standing in the hall. And all of a sudden, she just starts yelling at me. (laughs) And I kind of stop and I look at her and I'm like, "Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) And she literally (laughs) says to me, I want to yell at a doctor, but I can't. So you're the next best thing. (laughs) It just starts unloading on me in the middle of the hall at like 530 in the morning. Oh, dear. Uh, So, you know, I I can see where some of that stuff sometimes happens. Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's difficult in medicine because it is so hierarchical. Yeah. And... It's interesting, and one of the things that I do think can make it a little bit different than than some other, you know, um, other industries, other types of work, things like that, is the way that, as you kind of mentioned, the top of the chain of command and the bottom of the chain of command can still have quite a bit of interaction. Mm-hmm. You know, if you think about a hospital, how often do the majority of the employees interact individually with the CEO of the hospital? Like hardly no. ever. Yeah. Right? And, and while, you know, the CEO is a different position than the attending physician. Right. But when you think about in terms of taking care of the patient, the attending physician is the top. I mean, they're, they're ultimately the one who's responsible for everything that happens to that patient. Right. And because of that responsibility, they really are. They're the one who, who's in charge. It's like they're, they're like the CEO of that patient's care, right? Mm-hmm. But you have that opportunity now to interact fairly regularly with all the members of the team. Because at least if you're trying to do a good job, you should be talking to the nurses and and the techs and the patient right. care folks to really find out what's going on with your patient that day or, mm-hmm. and get a better idea about you know what's going on what needs to happen next and and kind of understand everything mm-hmm. and you throw that hierarchy in there and then the fact that these people of of lots of varying degrees of responsibility, varying degrees of education, training, and all that are now interacting on a really Mm -hmm. regular basis, you know, there is going to be some conflict 
that is inherently in there. Right. Have you had to address any of that conflict yet, or have you been able to kind of sweep it to the side? Um, I usually get to avoid it. I just kind of hear like the nurse's side of it when they're frustrated with the doctors. Like, <laughs> you know, if we have to like page the doctor in the middle of the night, but it takes them four hours to get there. And we're all like, but the patient's like going into septic shock or something, you know, like we're all frustrated because the doctor's not there, but then the doctor's frustrated that we're paging them in the middle of, in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that sort of struggle. So I usually don't have to be on like the direct end of it, but I participate in the frustration. <laughs> <laughs> You've definitely been witness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, how do we smooth this out? How do we try and minimize some of those power struggles? What do you, do you have any ideas? Honestly, I think it's just, you really got to have that perspective for the other side because everybody like in every frustrate frustrating conflict or anything, it's mostly because, you know, you're just thinking of what you need to get done and not really how it's yeah. affecting that other person. So again, for instance, if we're paging the doctor in the middle of the night, it's because, you know, we don't really know best quote in for the patient really. So sure. we ask the doctor, cause you know, they're the ones who's ultimately gonna know what to do. So we page them at three in the morning cause we're worried about something with the patient and like that's our side of it. But on the then we kind of have to realize, of course, the doctor's going to be frustrated. They got woken up at three in the morning. <laughs> so, you you know, you kind of have to, like, think of just be like, of course, it's going to be a frustrating thing on the other side, too. Like, we you just kind of got to have that perspective for both sides. Otherwise, it's just, you know, pretty selfish to just be like, well, my problems are the only ones that need to be fixed right now. You know what I mean? And obviously, yeah. it's a different situation but I think just really looking at the other side and realizing trying to like be in their shoes for a little bit mm -hmm. and see trying to feel what they're feeling think what they're thinking and then you know it just kind of would make everyone a little bit more sympathetic to the other <laughs> yeah definitely but, you know and I, I see it from again sort of the other end and I think that a lot of a lot of us, a lot of my colleagues, and I'm sure more often than I'd like to admit myself, we sometimes have a hard time looking at it from, from that end. Right. And we could make all sorts of excuses or talk about reasons why and that kind of stuff. But, you know, ultimately they're still excuses and, and they can be kind of crappy. And like you said, it's, it's sometimes taking a minute to understand, okay, what is what is going what is this person experiencing put myself in their shoes you know i'll I'll tell you something that happened to me uh, i can't remember if it was last week or the week before but i was getting ready to do surgery and my first patient my seven o'clock start of the day we needed a specific piece of equipment that we had brought in from outside and i had received confirmation the night before that the equipment had made it there but that morning Nobody could find it. Oh, dear. And the guy, the nurse who usually works with me and who knew had, had sent me the text and said, hey, mm -hmm. this is here. He was sick, so he wasn't there. Oh, and dear. 
So we're kind of going around. We're trying to find this. I'm trying not to delay the rest of my cases. So I said, let's switch. Let's take my second case. That patient's here, ready to go. Let's get them in. Let's do that first. And then that gives us time to keep finding this piece of equipment. Because again, we knew it was there. We just didn't know where it was. Right. And unfortunately, my scrub tech who was working with me that day had kind of gone ahead and opened the hand piece for the machine that we were missing. Oh. So now we've opened it. Right. Now we have to use mm-hmm. it or we have to send it down to be reprocessed. Right. And I said to him, I said, hey, how long does this take to reprocess? Well, it takes 53 minutes. Ugh. And I'm like, well, my next case is going to take like 15. Yeah. <laughs> so if we grab my next case, we bring them back, we do that. Then it's done. We're going to be done. And then we're still waiting for this thing to be done before we can do the next case. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we continue to look around, and I might have lost my temper. (laughs) There may have been a few choice words uttered in the course of this. And, you know, and this was bad of me, but at one point, this tech just said, okay, well, I'm going to go and send that down to reprocess it. And I just turned to him and I said, don't do an effing thing Mm -hmm. until I tell you what to do. Mm Mm-hmm. And he got really mad at me. He was like, how dare you swear at me? Oh, blah, blah. You only swear at me when you work with me. And I might have said, that's BS. I swear at everybody. <laughs> what I do. But, you know, and, and later I ended up and I apologized. I said, hey, you know, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I lost my temper. That was uncalled for. I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. But at that moment, you know, I was having a hard time looking at it from his standpoint where he's trying to do the best he can. And I'm frustrated going, look. You don't usually do urology. You don't really know what you're doing. Don't do something until you either ask me or I tell you what you do. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting frustrated that he's not looking at it from that standpoint. And I'm getting frustrated because, again, we're just not, we weren't trying to see each other's side. Mm -hmm. And it definitely created a a not great uh, experience and a not great interaction. Right. You know, we were able to get past it. And again, like I said, you know, I apologized for losing my temper and, and we were able to take care of the patient. We found the machine and we were able to get things taken care of. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think really the source of that major problem right there was like you said, it was neither of us was really looking at the situation from the standpoint or the point of view of the other person. Right. And that, that merely makes it difficult because if we're not empathizing, we're less able to understand i think Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i think i i'm like i can definitely see it from his standpoint because from what i would probably do in that situation just instinctively is he's just trying to get something done because everyone's stressed you know it's a time sensitive sort of situation Mm -hmm. and you're trying to get these cases done and i could totally see him just being like well i know what i can do and i should just do it so we can get it done you know, and him not thinking about how you're the one that calls the shots and it could be, you know, he, he doesn't need to do things really when it directly affects you unless you tell him to, because you're the one calling the shots. And so then it's just, you know, he's trying to get something done, but not really thinking about how he needs to communicate with you first, you know, that whole, again, power struggle, but (laughs) yeah. And I think one of the other things that plays into it, and this is, you know, I'm trying to tie this back into kind of your experience that started this conversation. And one of those things is 
not everybody needs to or should be having to look at the big picture. But there has to be someone who's looking at the big picture. Right. And so, you know, you guys, you're focusing on this little kid, making sure that they're asleep. Now they've finally fallen asleep. And then along comes the doctor and messes it all up, right? Mm -hmm. But that doctor probably had how many other patients did they need to be seeing and need to be doing something with? Right. And was there something in particular that they were concerned about or they were following up with? And, you know, they're looking at this from not just this patient, but all the other patients they have Mm -hmm. and other things that need to be done. And they're coming at it again from that different point of view. Right. And not one that really it might be possible for everybody to understand all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, I see this in my office a lot where there's issues, whether it's with the front desk, whether if it's a nursing issue or even, you know, my, my nurse practitioner, my PA, the people who work with me, they don't need to. And I don't think have the experience or the training to have to have that 30,000 foot view sometimes. Right. But I have to have that. And there have been times where I've had to go and talk to somebody and say, hey, I need you to not do what you're doing, or I need you to do this different, and here's why. Because while you're doing this for this individual that you see right in front of you, what you're not considering is how your actions are going to impact this person and then this person and this person. and. And so sometimes not having that full picture makes it difficult for us to identify with each other in medicine Mm -hmm. and can set up part of that power struggle where, you know, the attending is thinking, what are they complaining about? I need to take care of this. I need to do this for reasons X, Y, and Z. And why can't they see that? Right. But, you know, you're, you're especially right now at a much more close to the patient, like especially, I mean, that was a one-on-one for you. Yeah, exactly. So you had literally one person to worry about. For 12 hours, yeah. And that's that's your whole concern is this one individual. Mm-hmm. And, and so, again, it's those points of view are very, very different. Right. Yeah, and especially because this little girl, you know, especially because she was in the ICU and it was yeah. for a GI bleed. And wow. She had had a bunch of kidney problems in the past, just, you know, a lot of very serious problems. So like you said, if I had kind of stepped back and been like, she has a lot of problems going on. Obviously, the nephrologist needs to come in and see how, like (laughs) what to do. But of course, in that moment, I was like, I've been with this girl for eight hours and she hasn't slept yet and she's finally sleeping and then you had to come in and mess it up. But you know, right. that's just me be feeling frustrated in the moment. But no, you're you're absolutely right. You know, stepping back and seeing the big picture. This doctor, I'm sure, had multiple patients to deal with today. He needs to try and make a plan for this little girl. What are they going to do next? All those next steps to ultimately make sure she's okay. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he's going to need to wake her up from her mini nap to <laughs> see what's going on. But I think one of the things that I, I admire you for doing is, is working as you are right now, mm-hmm. because I think as you continue through medicine and through medical school and residency and, and everything until you're the attending, 
these experiences that you are you're having are going to stick with you right and they're going to at some you know it, even if you don't really remember them because it'll be many many years at some yeah point. <laughs> but there's these things that are still there they're still with you they're still part of right. how you approach a situation you know, and, and I'm extremely grateful myself for kind of having had a similar opportunity. You know, I worked for about three years. I volunteered for a year and then worked for three years as a CNA anesthesia tech orderly in mm -hmm. an operating room. You know, and so my job was to go around and clean up in between cases. And it was to transport patients and it was to help move patients from the OR table to the beds mm -hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. And it stuck with me now that I don't really think about it until somebody says something to me. But, you know, when I finish surgery, I don't leave the operating room until I've helped move the patient off of the OR bed. Right. Into their stretcher or or the bed that they're going to be going to the floor on. Uh -huh. And, again, it's not an intentional thing. It's not something that I've specifically thought about. Mm -hmm. It's just that was what I did. I did that for three years. I did it through residency and it's just stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And so having those experiences, I think will inform your ability to hopefully see kind of the other side of it. Yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Um, have you seen anything with power struggles um, amongst nursing? Because I'm going to be honest and tell you in my experience, and I'll probably piss somebody off by saying <laughs> this, but I'm okay with that. I've seen so many power struggles amongst nursing, even to the point that, you know, I follow a lot of meme pages on Instagram. That's yeah. The primary use of Instagram for me is not so much to see real pictures of people I know. <laughs> that's fine, too. <laughs> but it's mostly, you know, for stupid memes and, yeah. and like web comics and stuff. Mm -hmm. And there's a number of nursing related ones that I follow because they'll often have funny things. Mm -hmm. But it's surprising to me the number of posts I'll see that are pretty denigrating towards doctors. Really? And then you go and you look in the comics and I mean the comments, excuse me. And it's just high five and then back slapping. <laughs> and, oh yeah. You know, <laughs> doctors are the worst surgeons suck, all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know, one I saw yesterday was, uh, it was like two hour. It was some, you know, exhausted, exasperated face. And it was like, two hours into a seven hour robotic case and the surgeon says they need to open. And every comment was like, so stupid and should have opened sooner. And <laughs> surgeon doesn't know what they're doing and all this kind of stuff. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, I'm looking at it from my standpoint and I'm going, okay, but there are a lot of legitimate reasons to want to do something robotically. And there are some surgeries where it's better for the patient to do it robotically and if it's better for the patient, even if, yeah, we ended up having to open, isn't it worth trying? Isn't right. it worth giving that person that shot at a better, a possible better outcome and a shorter recovery right. and less, less pain invasive, and all this kind of yeah. stuff? By, yeah, by trying to do it that way. And of course, I wasn't going to make a comment because, you know, I could tell I'd been run out of town on a board, tarred and feathered from the, that comment section. Mm -hmm. But I see a lot of, I don't know how to put it other than really kind of pettiness and, and, in in the interaction between nurses and doctors mm -hmm. and and even amongst different levels of nursing so you seemed like you had some experiences yeah when I asked that question <laughs> <laughs> yeah it 
it kind of just makes me laugh because, I mean, I've been your daughter for however long I've been alive, you know, 19 years now. <laughs> 19 years now, correct. <laughs> um, so I've heard, you know, your stories and, you know, at dinner when you're telling mom about stuff at work and that kind of, that kind of thing. And so I've seen things in a way from your perspective for a really long time. Um, right. And sometimes, like you said, with those meme pages, the nurses will act like they know so much more than the doctors do. And mm -hmm. you can, it just is kind of weird because I'm like, they did go to, you know, whatever, 12 years of school for a reason, right? They shouldn't be arrogant and a jerk, but they have a lot of knowledge on the topic. There's That's a reason, you know, why they're board certified. And so when I see, I've seen nurses and even techs, like a tech who is on my same level, you know, she's worked there for longer than me, but on my same level, and she was criticizing the doctor's decision on like what to do with this kid. I think, I don't remember, I think this kid had an EVD and mm -hmm. this tech was like, oh, they should have put a shunt in. And I was like, how do you even know? How do you know? Because I, I know I don't. Like, I can yeah. stare at those MRIs and be like, wow, that's some pretty pictures. I have no idea what's going on. And there's a reason for that. Oh, and MRIs are hard to read. Yeah. <laughs> but anything. Like, it's not my place to judge what the doctor's doing. Like, they're the ones who went to the school for the reason. For, for that reason. Like, they are qualified to make those decisions. And it's so funny to me when nurses and techs will be like, oh, they should have done this. I'm like, oh, really? Should they have? Uh-huh. I'm sure you know. So much better than them. Yeah. <laughs> it's just weird. It is. And, you know, I think I'd like to say that ultimately it comes from a place of wanting to do what's best right. for the people we're taking care of. But that's not always the case. Honestly, there are times when it's just straight up, it's pride, it's arrogance, mm -hmm. it's, you know, and, and the second we start focusing on that is really when we're going to make a mistake. Right, exactly. It's when we're going to miss something. It's when we're going to do the wrong thing. And and we don't ever want that to happen. No, of course. I, I've i also seen, again, in sort of my experience from my side of it, it's interesting to see the power struggles that exist amongst nurses, mm -hmm. you know, and you've got your more senior nurses and of course they have more experience, but at the same time, you've got your brand new nurses who just are out of nursing school. And while they may not have the experience, they've been through the book learning a lot more recently with more up-to-date yeah. information. And yep, it's fresh. Yeah. And, and it's more recent. So it's probably more accurate. Mm -hmm. And of course, we all have to do our continuing education, this, that, and the other. But sometimes it's so easy to get continuing education from things that are not relevant that you never know for sure, you know. Yeah. And, and so I see experience, which is invaluable, mm -hmm. sometimes ignoring the energy and the more recent learning of, of youth. Right. And it... Again, it's just another kind of power struggle. And I don't know, have you seen anything like that between more experienced nurses and newer nurses in, in where you're working so far? Yeah, I mean, there's there's a couple of the nurses um, 
you know, I've worked with a bunch of different nurses at this point, some that are, you know, fresh out of school and some who've been working there for 30 plus years. Um, And I've noticed a couple times where they'll be talking about something with meds or, you know, something, something specific. And the newer one will be like, oh, I thought we did it like this. You know, I thought we learned it this specific way. And the older nurse, the more senior nurse might be like, oh, well, I've been been doing it this way my whole life. And the newer nurse will be like, oh, well, you know, last year when I was in school, we learned it this way. (laughs) And they'll kind of be like, (laughs) just kind of arguing about it. And I'm like, you both may be right. You both may be right. But, you know, the, the fresh new information is usually what I would go with. It's just funny to see that power struggle because the senior nurse is going to think they know the best because they've been doing it for so long. But the new nurse, like you said, j- like that that textbook stuff is fresh in the brain. And so, you know, yeah. they might have the newest information and it's just kind of funny to watch them kind of battle with that. But You know, one of the things that, and I think this will maybe be our takeaway message from today's conversation and that is, it sometimes is easy for us to forget we're all on the same damn team. Exactly. Really, we are. We're all there for the same reason. Yep. We're there to take care of these people who are trusting us to do that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we need to do what we can to not let our egos get in the way, mm-hmm. to not let our titles get in the way. Exactly. You know, it doesn't matter what extra initials we have after our name. We need to all say, okay, we're in this together. And what can each of us bring to the table? And that requires humility on all sides. You know, sometimes, yeah, the physician is going to have a good reason for what they're doing. And you know what? It's just like we used to tell you guys when you were younger sometimes. You don't always need to know why mom and dad are telling you to do something. Mm-hmm. You need to do it first. Yep. And it's the same thing in medicine. You know, you don't always need to know why the physician has said, hey, here's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need to do that and then learn why. Maybe ask at a time when there is time to learn about it or look it up or, or figure that out. And at the same time, especially, you know, when you're a new resident and stuff, man, you talk to the nurses, you ask the nurses, you're like, hey, so what would you usually do in this situation? Yeah. And you may not do it, but at least you're kind of getting some input as to, oh, well, you know, these are the things. And and again, where the nursing staff and, and you, you know, people like you are, have so much more time mm-hmm. with the individuals and and can see more, we need to be willing to come and say, what have I missed? What am I not seeing? What do I need to know? Mm-hmm. And like I said, that that all goes back to this idea that you know we're just we're on the same team, and it's just I feel like sometimes, especially with the egos in medicine, we forget that and we don't act like it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the the most important thing is that we're there for the patient. That is the reason why we are all there. And That's exactly right. there's so many different jobs and different delegated tasks for a reason because there's a lot going on in medicine. Because we're trying to make the patient have the best quality of life and well-being as possible. And that is the number one reason why we're there. Yep. I agree completely. 
Well, any other ideas or anything else that you uh, wanted to bring up today? Um, I just really want to reiterate again, we, it, it, it's not only in medicine, it's in the whole world, especially with everything being so crazy right now. Just like think about the other person, think about other people's perspectives, be kind, put away the pride that everyone has so built up in everything in life lately. Everyone is so proud to have their opinions and their beliefs and everything, but just everyone being kind and sympathetic and realizing the big picture of why we're here anyways is just really the most important thing, I think. I couldn't say it better myself, so I think on that we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Again, appreciate everybody who's given us a listen. Please subscribe and, you know, maybe uh, leave a review or so if we get a little bit more episodes and you're comfortable doing that. It's a, I feel a little <laughs> weird asking for reviews after we've only really <laughs> released our second episode. Yeah. Here, but, um, you know, again, we appreciate everybody from listening and we'll look forward to uh, getting back together, talking about something else in another couple of weeks. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs>